0: Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you, Dick Warren, and thank you, dear listener, for joining us for another exciting I, I would say, I would say groundbreaking uh, edition of the coaching show. My name is Christopher McAuliffe, master certified coach here in studio with, uh, okay, I'm not in studio. I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my home. We talked uh, about
1: these lies. We've talked about this.
0: <laughs> just, I just can't stop. Like that is the dulcet voice of Alex Terranova. Alex, you're a PCC. Is that true? I am. That's not a lie.
1: That's, that's the truth. That's truth.
0: two truths and a lie uh you're joining us from where look around outside uh i'm
1: joining you from san diego i'm not we're not too far from each other
0: okay but you don't know my address right um um, what's been happening what's uh what are you thinking what's going on with you we were just talking about your vegan lifestyle
1: oh there's um there's so much well first of all we i had this great realization the other day that i have (laughs) Not only do I probably have body dysmorphia, but I probably have life dysmorphia, which we, I have to, I'm coining a word for this, like I'm not actually aware of like the status or what I accomplish in my own life. It's like never good enough. It's always downplayed and small. So like my perception of my own life is, uh, is just a mess. You know, I'm like a 500 pound overweight, like person in the version of my life. That's not what everyone else sees. So, let me tell you about some of these cool things that are happening because you want to know about these, right, Christopher? I just, I just want to say that uh,
0: coaching show is not a uh, uh, medically certified. Uh, we can't, we can't. We're not fit to diagnose people, so be...
1: no. But we're gonna, we're fit to invent our own DSM five. Neither a medical doctor. we trying to get them into the I DSM. One. All right. What were you saying? Um, oh, so, okay. so here's some cool stuff. Uh, I have another book coming out uh this Friday. Who do you think is, you are? A Laura Berman Fort Gang with all these I, people? I know. I'm gonna this is I'm very curious. Yeah, I have a book coming out this Friday. I was asked to be, I think I've shared this with you. I was asked to be a co-author of a book on like modern masculinity.
0: Oh wait, was this one of those deals where you get to be a co-author for like three grand?
1: Uh, no, not at all. I would oh, not have. Yeah. I could write, my own, know, my, it. I could write yeah. my own book and pay my. I could write my own book. it's called Redefining Ma- Masculinity: Eight Visions of a New Way of Being, um, and it's coming out on uh, this Friday. The ebook is coming out. So, Redefining Masculinity: Eight Visions of a New Way of Being. I'm one of eight men who authored chapters. I'm really excited. I, uh, my coach is in the book. One or two other people I know are in the book, but it's really interesting to see how. Um, Eight different people write about the same topic and completely different, you know, everybody's asked to write about the same thing. And everybody came up with completely different ideas, uh, which is pretty cool to see. And then the other thing I want to share with you is in March, but it's announced now is I am, I created a digital, essentially a digital camp because none of us can do anything. So me and two partners created what we're calling core nine camp. It's like the nine values to well being and wellness that keep us all going. And the campus focused around those aspects of well being. And it's it's going to be a digitalist, we're calling it like a digital escape to paradise. And we have, we're, right now, we almost have 20, but we're booking about 30 thought leaders and speakers and people in different categories. So, yoga teachers, breath work people. Um, psychologists um people that are uh, holistic chefs and they're all coming on and actually running activities so you can cook with them you can do yoga with them and all of this is going to be uh the last weekend of march but people can start getting their tickets now which is pretty exciting too so Uh, forward
0: retreat sanctuary these are some some words that you could perhaps use instead of camp i don't know if you know but camp has different connotations for different people so may not be exactly the the brand you're looking for but i love the idea
1: yeah i mean we we want it to be camp right like it's already branded it's already happening i you yes, know i'm I not know i i get, get that i didn't go to camp because i didn't want to be told what to do and be on a schedule but it's a digital camp you get to do it however you want we'll we'll talk and- more about this
0: later but it is a <laughs> great idea and how do people get uh, get tickets no matter so what it's it's
1: call, it's it's, uh, it's called cornine camp and if they if they reach out to me they i can direct them but they can also go to um i hate these little like weird addresses but it's bitly core 9 camp and people yeah, can billy, grab reserve a ticket billy a huge company by the way
0: um Okay, and uh, you are Alex Terranova. People can find you at thedreammason.com. I'm You're still also Alex Terranova. I'm a yeah. podcast or two these days, the Dream Mason podcast among them, and uh author of fictional authenticity as well as a contributing author to redefining masculinity. Thanks for being here as always. Uh Thanks. we gotta get to it. We can't we can't even talk about like all the things in the
1: world or it's the, do you wanna say happy birthday to your wife? Do you want to do that? Like is, it, on- is that today? <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, thank you.
0: I'd like to say happy birthday to my wife. Another year of being 27 is just gonna be a, a, even more exciting than the last year of being 27, I'm sure. Um, yeah, we had, a, we had a little shindig at the house, but we're having a, lar- a larger shindig on Saturday and I'm having to send out COVID updates every day, you know, about who's who's been tested and what the results were and how long it's been and all that, right? So um, it's a very small gathering, it's three households, Everybody's been quarantining and or testing and or, so don't worry. You're all doing it right. Yeah, you're all doing it right. I'm very excited slash. um, Stressed. Thank you. Stressed, exactly. And that is the voice and the wisdom of our guest for the entire hour today. Laura Berman-Portgang is a master certified coach, an author of at least five books that I know of, including now, what, 90 Days to a New Life Direction. A true pioneer, true OG of the coaching profession Uh, in the personal coaching field, a best selling author, a speaker, a TV personality. You saw her. How many times were you on the Oprah Winfrey
1: show? Once. Solamente uno. That's 1000% more times than either one of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how math works, but it
2: seems like more times. I
1: know. It does. It does. And but all the
0: national morning shows, your your TED Talk alone has garnered more than one point five million views, which is about a thousand percent. Alex, do you have a TED Talk?
1: Uh, I have it written on a whiteboard. <laughs> <We> <laughs> are to, to, to to
0: amateurs in the presence of greatness. Um I'm delighted to've I've known you for a long time. I'm del- I've used your we use your books in our coaches training program. You are truly an icon in the coaching world, and I'm delighted to have you back. Welcome, Laura berman crazy.
2: Thank you. Ah, screaming crowds. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> this is like, you know, how we can make sure we had time to speak to each other. So I'm really glad we scheduled this.
0: It's true. How do you have, let's start there. Let's start there. You are one of the people with the most uh, accomplishments that I've met in the real. And yet you seem to have time. On your hand, you know you you take the time to reach out. You remember my wife's birthday. You're you're this incredible like personable human who seems to have unlimited free time, but yet you get a ton of stuff done. How do you do this?
2: Um, I spent a lot of years as a waitress. I highly recommend that if you'd like to learn how to multitask like anybody, wait on tables. I don't know that it either means like I'm just a facade and I have not no clients or um I'm a good delegator. I don't know. I'm definitely one of those coaches who had an assistant before they can afford an assistant. I mean, my first assistant was 7 dollars an hour, a student. Then 12 dollars an hour because I needed someone who could sound a little more mature on the phone. And you know, and it's gone up from there. But that's awfully nice of you. I mean, I don't know, I should break it down, but honest to goodness, I, I, I really mean that. I, you know how the Israelis put everyone in the army? I think yeah. Americans should put everyone in a restaurant. You would be, <laughs> A, a great multitasker, and, B, you'll never be an a-hole to anybody. True,
0: and, and you'll tip better. Everyone, And will you'll be
2: better. a better tipper, which is a life skill that you
0: need. That's right. Uh, Alex comes to us from the uh, world of food service or food food,
1: something food service management. Or yeah. Yeah. 20 almost 20 years I spent in working in restaurants pre pre coaching. Um, but I couldn't agree more. It definitely changes your relationship to other human beings. Cause you see how people treat you. And I love that multitask piece. I've never thought about that. Cause people say to me often, how do you have, how do you have so many projects at one time? And like such a kind of minimized team. And I never thought about that when you're running a restaurant or working in a restaurant, you have 20 projects at one time and you juggle them all and you make it all work.
2: You know, it's crazy that we're talking about this, but I talk about it all often. And like if I were to give one tip, it's like, okay, I'm the waitress in the middle of a busy floor on a horribly busy night and I'm going in the kitchen. So I don't just go this table needs something from the kitchen. I look at all the tables and go, I'm going to the kitchen. Who needs something from the kitchen? So I come out from the kitchen with four cappuccinos, a salad. You know food for table ten and bam, you know the whole station's happy, so I think it, it really it's like groupthink you know you have to group think your actions of like if I'm going to social media, how many platforms can I cover so I'm not in social media all day, I'm doing it once, so you know if that's anything anyone can take away,
1: it's from I, your
2: kind of acknowledgement, Christopher, I'd say it's that
1: i love I love that too, in the sense of it talks about like what you can. I often used to say people would be like, how do you hire people? And I'd be like, anyone can like make a drink. You can make any, a bartender learn how to make a drink. That's not something special. But can, can I find someone who can actually think the way they need to think behind the bar? Like, can they leave one foot in place and set their station up so they only have to pivot and like essentially turn on one foot because then it saves them time. And again, I don't know if you can teach, maybe we can. But back then, I didn't know if you could teach attitude. So it was like, hey, can I teach someone who can learn and has a good attitude versus they know how to do the job, which I would take now, even with an assistant, hey, good attitude uh, can multitask and we can teach you the rest.
2: There's there's no question. And and, you know, and it goes back to like I work with people trying to figure out what to do with their life, making career transitions. That's my coaching practice. Um, And. It's always amazing to me how people suffer because they're judged by their resume, right? Your resume only tells you what jobs you had, not like what kind of employee you would be or how fast you learn or how quick you can pivot. And, um, you know, if we hired that way, it would be a whole different world. You can teach anybody anything if you've got a person who is teachable, bright and can communicate, you know. And last thing, Christopher, while we bore you with um, restaurant talk, but. And another thing about the restaurant, well, I think it's this this is cool for anyone's listening. Like of coach success trajectory, when I was a waitress, they'd always put people on me to learn how to be a waiter. They'd be like, "Follow her for three days, and you can work here." And that aggravated the heck out of me because just following me for three days doesn't teach you anything. So I created a training program for this restaurant that I worked at, who wasn't a corporate restaurant, so they didn't have a training program, and that unbeknownst to me was the beginning of being a trainer then coach was just you know being upset with the status quo and realizing that the chaos of having someone follow me was not a system so how could I create a system so that you can systematically train your waiters time after time even after I left that restaurant which I did eventually
1: we have so much in common should we just ask Christopher to leave maybe (laughs) he could be the referee I barely (laughs) got here Christopher,
2: um, were you anything but a customer in restaurants, or have you oh ever that, had? A- oh no,
0: I'm I'm with you 100. I I went to college back in the day when you could work over the summer and earn the tuition enough
2: but, money, right?
0: Right. So so you know, I had a goal, right? I had to make my six thousand dollars or whatever over the summer, and I did it in restaurants and and you know all the things, right? I what I like about it was. Have you seen this show, Below Decks, about the the staff of a fancy yacht that's out for for rent? No.
2: Oh, it, wait. It, is that like a reality show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've caught that. It's it, yeah, it is amusing.
0: <laughs> it's my new. It's my new horrible secret. And uh, and what I love about it is that that was my experience of restaurants. Like, there's so much drama behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? That's Definitely. just like, hello, may I take your order? Was the the least of it. it was the tip of the iceberg, right?
2: Oh well, you know, I won't tell you then about the time when a knife was thrown at me out the kitchen window and followed me all the way into the dining room. There were oh. lots of dramas. <laughs>
0: I once, once, one last knife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, well, let's talk about career. Cause I know that you're you're uh, focused on career coaching and, and supporting people in shifting careers, and what a time for that. But let's talk about your career for a second, because I noticed a couple of things missing. In your uh, in your professional bio, for example, your your restaurant career isn't there, but also your political career isn't there. And when we ah. last spoke, you were you were uh, I think had just had just finished running for something. And is there a reason to not tell people when you've done that, or is it just because it's not not what we're talking about today?
2: Um. I'm I'm extremely proud of having run for state office in New Jersey twice in the last three and a half years. Um, I learned so much. I participated in the system. I've seen the ugly. I've seen the good. Um, and I don't. And you know, it's it's a tricky world. Like Chris, I, if anyone follows Christopher, you know he is very clear about which side of the aisle he would sit on.
0: Yes.
2: And. And I, I mean, if anyone spends any time watching me, they know I'm a Democrat. But I definitely have gotten, you know, I get pushback sometimes with like, "Oh, do you want to lose half your audience by posting that?" So I, I, you know, when asked, I'm very clear. But I, I don't push my agenda too far, like you know, in my business. Um, funny enough, like the, the my two best personal clients in 2020 were both on the opposite side of the spectrum but not Trump supporters i'll say that <laughs> um but you know i supported them to do very conservative oriented projects in fact and it was it was interesting you know to just um i think the the biggest thing that not has come out of it like i i loved i loved politics there is very ugly things though and i experienced some of the ugliest ugliest uh, gossip and reputation wrecking, um, mistruths that were spread about me. And that was personally one of a really, really difficult thing to go through. I mean, I don't think I've gone through that since middle school and, um, it, you know, I, uh, I'm struggling because it's like, it's very heated. It's now this team that did this is now running again. I'm not running right now. And it's always interesting when people want your support after they've been horrible to you. So just learning like the ins and outs of truly politics. Like you talk about corporate politics. This is a, a, a similar animal, different. Um, I will, I will always be happy that I did this, but I'm not sure if my future is uh, going to include running for office again. Never, I will never say never, but who knows? I'm still very politically active and supporting other candidates. But after going through, you know, I, I used to say during it that, you know, I have a very good job and company and, you know, I don't need the money of running for office. In fact, it would be a heck of a lot less money and very difficult to run my business while away from it. So I sort of had, I think, more of an armor than most people, because like this does not change my life. If I if I lose, my life is not changed. It's OK. And that was a freedom that I think more people in politics should have, because as you watch now with what's going on, like you are going to stand there and let things that if in your religious life you would never let stand. As in your humanity life, you would never let stand because you want to keep your position and your paycheck. That's disgusting. So the fact that I had that freedom really gave me I shook up the system. I pissed off a lot of people, and that felt really, really good.
0: <laughs> oh, i uh, I appreciate so much of uh, so many the things that you said. Well, but one of the things that I like about my own uh, congressperson out here in uh, you know, fancy California is that uh, he, started running when he was already uh, independently wealthy and had married like somebody who's a, an executive of something so like you didn't wasn't there for the money wasn't there for like the for anything other than public service and i it it frosts me that people like you are turned off to public service you know who are willing to donate your time life blood energy all of it to public service and you get turned off because of the dirty politics. I mean, it's the exact antithesis of what we need in our leadership. Anyway, thanks for doing that. And I would love to support you if you choose to run again.
2: And I appreciate that, the support that you did give me very, very much. And and, right. and also to anyone out there listening to have had um, a national platform made my run for New Jersey just so much easier. Um, and people did come out and support me. And I, I just can't thank everybody enough. So who knows? You know, never say never. And honestly, independently wealthy is way better. Like, if I really didn't have to worry about money at all, I would do it again. Gotcha. Because it wasn't, it, yes, it was ugly. But when, if, if it didn't take time away from my work, because I didn't need to work, that would be a whole other story. Oh, I keep aggravating people and being the sand in the oyster. That would be so much fun.
0: So send your six and seven figure checks to Laura Bourbon 4K. That's
2: right. You know, in fact, before, it went, before I ran the second time, someone asked me, you know, what would it take for you to run? And I was like, someone to pay for my whole family's life for two years, then I'll run, you know? But unfortunately, you cannot take any of those funds for your personal use. Uh, everyone hear that out there? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. All right. All um, right. I know that Alex, I suppose now Alex wants to talk, but I think that the the thing we're both eager to talk to you about is that you not like some of us had a business that was based on in-person, you know, high touch, high quality um, uh, contributions and, and work that you did with people. And then the pandemic hit. So even as you're sharing and supporting people with their career transitions, which we'll talk about in a minute, I want to know what you did. You know, how did you deal with like, hey, it's January, hey, it's February, whoops.
2: Yeah, well, I had an interesting year. I mean, I'll be really, I'll be really uh, open and raw about this. In January of 2020, I did, um, I sat down with my publisher, because I was ready to write another book. And this publisher has never said no to me. And he said no to me because he needed to see at least 70,000 people following me on Instagram. And that measurement was like, are you kidding me? I mean, this man has never said no to me. And we've published together for 25 years. Also in January of 2020, I did um, a gig that I adore doing. And I was paired up with a 35 year old. And I saw the writing on the wall. Like I'm experiencing ageism. Okay. This is great. Then comes March and the pandemic and the year was blown to pieces. So I sat on the couch for the entirety of March into April and gained COVID 19 pounds, 19 of COVID 19 was the pounds looking for like, Oh, is it three? Can we have wine? All right. So, uh, I, I snapped myself out of that after a while and and really literally like June 1st i can't tell you what it was or like there was no aha i just was like the party's over i joined an online workout program and i think the fact of exercising three to five times a week changed my chemistry and i just had these huge ahas okay let's say let's say this pandemic never ends Let's just say nothing ever comes back. No speaking, no traveling, you know, no, no spokesperson, no books. It's all gone. What do I have? And I have my now what coaching, which yes, was more one-on-one based. And I realized I needed to pivot just like everybody else. And it was time to put it online. So I created the now what online experience. And it was like rewriting the book again, because we had a 2015 edition. Now it's five years later in 2020 and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I don't like this exercise. That one was always dumb. I need three more here because I've learned things." So, I created 46 videos over 12 modules, broke the whole book down, redid so much of it, and um we just put our debut class through it and it's I mean, I'm really really proud of this. And it was a huge pivot. And now I'm seeing just the value of um, you know, I have avoided for a long time going to the group model because, you know, that's not what we do. But at the same time, we have to be aware of the marketplace and what the marketplace needs, what they demand. They needed a lower price point. They needed flexibility. And there's a lot of competition out there. So, you know, there's people like myself and you and 25 years in and MCC in and it's like, well, no people without training who are better at social media should not be making the money that we deserve. So I'm like, I'm, I'm on fire. I am so I'm happier than I've been in 20 years, seriously. And I'm like, great. Hey, if speaking and everything comes back, it's icing on the cake because I've taken matters into my own hands. And I recommend that for all my job seekers too. It's like, don't sit there waiting. There's no waiting. Nobody's coming to save you, kids. Get off your ass and do something. Thank you. Can I go now? I'm done.
0: <laughs>
1: Yay. Alex, what do you got? You're a young person. I mean, I'm so I love this conversation. Um, I, I actually have so, yeah, as a as a young, young ish person, you know, like I'm I'm right, I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm 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 on the back end of 30. Um And but I see this actually what you were just talking about, Laura, with uh, I meet coaches all the time now that are like, you know, hey, I just started my business. And I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, I'm three months in and they hired somebody online to tell them how to sell. And they pay that person thirty five thousand dollars to coach them for six months. And that person's twenty six years old. And I don't know if that I look at that person's account and I'm like, oh, my God, I want to choke myself and gag at that. Like, I can't be with any of what they're bringing because it just seems like it's just so like, hey, how do we get people to buy? That's what it occurs like. And it's like, hey, is this having an impact on people? Are people actually being, and it's actually a place, like I find myself in between where, where with this conversation, cause I find myself young enough to be wanting to use these platforms to build a business, but being trained by Christopher from a place of like, hey, the integrity of the, the coaching establishment and the ICF and these things actually matter, I notice I'm juggling between where how do I create a both and versus, hey, I have to be one or the other, Um, which I think a lot of younger coaches that come out of at least like established training programs that want to get credentialed are dealing with because there's so many people not. And I look at like what you're up to. And like all the books you've written and being on Oprah. And that's the thing that I think a lot of young coaches want to know is how do they make those things happen? Like, how do they, you know, like, how do they get themselves on TV shows? Um, Podcasts are kind of easy to get ourselves on, but how do we get ourselves on TV shows and magazines in front of people so that we can take our experience and our good training and actually make a difference with it?
2: Well, you are feeding right into the next thing that I'm working on. Christopher, (laughs) we haven't even gotten to talk about this yet. And I'm debuting it in May. I didn't even put it into the show notes. But I I hear exactly what you're saying that, you know, the 23-year-old is teaching the 26-year-old. And and yes, marketing is important. But where I stand and I will die on this hill, people, I will die on this hill. If you are really good at coaching your marketing takes care of itself. You know, it doesn't mean that you can hide in a closet and not do social media. That's not what I mean. But, you know, I was lucky. I was in the right place at the right time with all those opportunities that I got. But at the same time, it it was about demonstrating coaching and demonstrating the power of it by being really good at it. So just because you can post some nice little cute things that are inspirational online, doesn't mean that you can get people results. And honestly, how I got on any TV show and all that was the results, not me and my wisdom. I could say this person went from making 50 grand to and to 500 grand. This pe- person went from, you know, living in the streets to having this. So the results are the key. You know, the same reason why you buy a marketing program online is because, oh, this person went to my program and made 374,000 in their first launch. Don't that you want that to be you? So, you know, you run and you spend your $35,000 and then you find out, shit, I need a team and I need, you know, I need ad money and none of it is instant. And the same with coaching. I think that everyone comes out of coach training. And I know Christopher doesn't do this in his school. They teach you the integrity and how to sell, but you come out of coaching school and you're like, okay, now I have to get clients. And it's all about getting clients instead of creating results i don't care if you have to do it for free create results talk about the results the results got me on tv not some you know fabulous strategy now granted you know the beauty you know people now are like oh there's so many coaches it's so hard to break through we did it when nobody knew what it was so we had a breakthrough like you're a soccer mom like what and this is ridiculous. You know, still, life life coaches have the most horrible reputation in the media. There's not one television show, fictional, that's been done where a coach is a wise person. A coach is like the flake who slept with your son. The coach, is, you know, the person who teach you out of money. So yeah, there's there's that. But anyway, yes. So I I truly, like I said, will die on the hill that if you're great at what you do, and that will include some selling, and that will include closing. But if you create results, the results speak for itself. How are you not going to go to your best friend and go, oh, my God, I work with this person and I, uh, my mind's blown or I work with this person and I, I just made the biggest sale I've ever made. So that that's the hill I'll die on. And I'm coming out with um, a, a way for coaches to get that. <laughs> you want me to tell you what it's called?
0: Tell us, tell us. You can't. Oh my God.
2: Me. I'm like not even ready to launch, but I'm creating something called the coaches studio, like the actor studio, where you come in and you work it out. You work out your kinks in your coaching. You work out the kinks in your selling and you work it in front of a teacher and a crowd. Not like, oh, I learned this and I'm going to go have it in my private session and no one's going to see me do it. So the same way that you have to get your MCC and be raked over the coals with how you coach, the coaching studio is going to whip you into shape and make money by being really good at what you do.
0: I love it. And, you know, I've always thought of myself as sort of a young James Lipton. So if you feel like you need someone.
2: (laughs) Yes, you can be the interviewer at the coach's studio.
0: That's right. That's right. I'll wear, I'll wear. And i'll bring a certain affect it'll, it'll all work out Master that's very exciting okay and is there going to be like the coaches com or .coach or .alex or something
2: probably hang tight it'll 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 be a sub thing to begin Dude, with. if you
0: haven't brought, bought it already somebody just did and then you'll have to buy it from them so go get oh it.
1: shit! It. shoot it's okay. christopher christopher's on these these things he owns everything well, oh all their domain names. <laughs> I'll,
2: I'll have it in a minute. Someone let me know that another one um, was coming due, but, but Alex, does that answer your question or does yeah. that just feel like I still don't know how to do it? No,
1: no. I think, you know, it's funny. This, the a recent experience I had with one of these coaching situations where a new young coach was hiring a, a, a younger coach that was going to make them all this money. And when they were like, how do you do your business? And I was like, well, for six years, word of mouth, Creating relationships with people and whatnot. They're like, what about online? And I'm like, I mean, I have an online presence, but I think like it's in six years, it's created three clients, right? Which is, which would not pay, you know, anything. And they looked at me and they went, God, you're so old school. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I laughed. But I think, I think to your point, right? I, me and Christopher have talked about this too. My first two or three years as a coach, I was grinding, right? Doing the work, hustling trying to create trying to get better as a coach and years uh you know after year two and a half three it just started to suddenly become easier and now it actually to your point I can testify that like I've become a good coach you know I'm not master certified yet but I've become a much better coach because I've done the work and I've practiced with people like Christopher and and coached people for all sorts of prices so I could get reps in. actually just practice and people show up People show up month after month. And yes, sometimes I have to do a little more like, hey, ask clients for referrals or go do some networking. But I, I don't really do very much. And the things that I've, any anything I've actually paid for has actually resulted in basically nothing, which is always pretty ironic that you spend money, you know, to get some advertising or PR or something. And usually it, it doesn't result in much. Um, I am curious from the, When you talk about, because I think this is, this would be a good place for younger or newer coaches. How did you talk about your results that you're getting people without it seeming like you're just, you know, bragging? Like, how do you talk about results in a way that someone can hear and actually see something for themselves?
0: Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the World's Finest Coach Training Program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach.
2: Great question. And let me, let me just say something quick about what you were just saying. Sure. Like uh, Thomas Leonard, who, found, you know, who started Coach University was the founder, original founder of the International Coach Federation. He told me once, when you've coached a hundred people, you'll know what you're doing. And I used to keep a little tally by the phone. And I remember this, 7.30 in the morning, I forgot I had a client. I jump across my bedroom to my desk, because at the time, that's all, I lived in a one bedroom in New York City. Jump across the bed to the phone it was a Japanese businessman, American Japanese businessman. We were off the phone in like five minutes. He got everything he needed and he didn't hire me. And I put that little tick on the wall and I was like, he was number 100. Now I know what I'm doing. And it just changed everything. But to answer your question, now I can't remember what it was. Okay. I'm
1: well,
0: by, the, by the way, that that morning that you described jumping across the bed is how I get to this show every morning. Go ahead, <laughs>
2: Well, that would be me if I had an 8 a.m. show too. Thank you for being on. I'm on Eastern time. Wait, wait, it's going to come back to me. You asked me. I can can
1: tell you. I can tell you again. Oh my God, go ahead. So I think sometimes people don't know how to say their accomplishments or their results in a way that lands for other people.
2: Got it. Okay, so how, how I do this or how I've always done it is I grew my business by speaking for free in every place I could get to. So now it's going to be a Zoom call, right? And my favorite part of speaking is Q&A, because I love not knowing what's coming. I love just interacting with people. And in the Q&A, you know, as coaches, we try to coach a little bit, right? Not just answer questions, but usually what someone would give me would be something that I had a result in with somebody else. So I take care of them. But I'd go, you know, my client Joe had the same scenario and this is what we did and this is how it happened and this is how we ended up. So it was always a, an illustration of a point versus um, showing off a series of accomplishments and completely relatable to the person who asked, right? So that was it. I still do that.
0: It's brilliant. I can't tell if Alex is, I think he's just stunned in silence. Yeah, absolutely. My, my, my head popped. No, he's
2: like, oh, so obvious.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why did I, I think of that? I love the reminder also for us to speak, you know, and I love that for free, right? Who is it? Um, Chuck, somebody in New York says that they'll uh, speak for free as long as they don't have to take a plane and, uh, you know, to get there. And nowadays, nobody has to take a plane. So
2: I know. Isn't it beautiful? We're, I think uh, we're, you know, I do miss groups, but at the same time, I don't miss travel. How about you, Christopher, since you travel like extensively,
0: I used to travel a lot. Now I'm, I'm kind of getting used to it. I'm actually, our family is doing this big quarantine thing. Uh, and then we're going to go on a vacation this month and then quarantine when we get back and do the whole nine. But, um, I'm, my whole attitude has changed towards travel. What about you? Are you like chomping at the bit to get out on a plane?
2: No, I, you know, there's, you know, there's Sure, someplace really cool and exotic, Mm -hmm. I'll go. But honestly, no. Like I'm okay if we if we still do hybrid conferences or whatever. I in fact I attended two conferences in 2020 that I would have never have traveled for. I was and really happy to take in the information, but I wouldn't have traveled for them. So it was super. You know, I don't mind it. I I I think I'm odd. You know, I was one of those coaches that people who used to do corporate or worked in offices were were like, Oh, it's so lonely being a coach. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is awesome. I love having nobody around. So this is, I've loved COVID pace. I have loved it. Would I like to hug somebody? Yeah. I feel sorry for my children. Their lives were horribly disrupted. I feel really, really, really bad because they're all new launchers in life. Um, But I have loved this and I don't know. I don't know how long I will love it, but I love
0: it. (laughs) It will be interesting to see how many meetings and and in-persons we don't do in the coming years. And, you know, I think that we're all learning that COVID is not going to disappear the way that and go back into that, you know, dark night. It's going to be here for a while and it'll become the thing that, I don't know, like measles, mumps and rubella, right? We get vaccinated and we recognize that there'll be some people that get it.
2: But other Um, and forecasts are saying, too, like the future of work, we've proven that we can work remotely. So there will a lot of that will remain. And if you look at dollars and cents, I mean, it's a waste to have empty buildings in the world. Maybe we'll turn it into homeless housing. But, um, you know, there's why have expense this huge expense if you don't need to have everyone in an office? That's been going on for a while, but they might cut back even more.
0: It's true. Hey, I would be remiss if we didn't talk to you about publishing, and especially I'm, I'm eager to talk about this, especially having run into your first no with your publisher. So we should talk about some of the books that you've written, Living Your Best Life, The Prosperity Plan, Take Yourself to the Top, my favorite, The Little Book on Meaning, Living Your Best Life, and as well as now, what, 90 Days to a New Life Direction. Um, I guess. I guess since you've both been published authors and Alex is on his second book, the first thing I have to ask is why? Why bother? Why put yourself through that? What are you up to there? Why would you?
2: <laughs> where, are we we're talking program, to me?
0: Both yeah. Of you, yeah. Everybody.
2: Okay. Well, the whys have changed over the years. Um, the first why was because somebody asked. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But in 1996, shall I date Marshall, I had written down on a piece of paper January of 1996, write a book. Did nothing about it, didn't know anything about it, took no action whatsoever. And December 1996, three publishers asked me to write a book. So if I could bottle that, folks, I wouldn't be talking to Christopher. I'd be living on my island. But anyway, So that was the first why. Then the second why was I want to write the book I wanted to write, not the one that my publisher thought would be right. Third book, now what, was why? Because I swore I'd never write another book. And 9-11 happened and it changed what people wanted out of their lives. And I was working with people only for 90 days because I was waiting for travel to come back after 9-11. And they were having incredible results in 90 days. Coach is like, don't you want clients for years? I'm like, nope. The fun part is 90 days and they're sexy and fun. And then it gets boring. (laughs) So anyway, right. So that why was, oh my God, there's this thing I want to share little book on meaning. I went to seminary for two years because everyone of my clients was looking for meaning in their lives. I'm like, why can't people find meaning? I'm going to go find meaning for me. And I love that you love Little Book on Meaning because it is my favorite book too. It's the most personal and I really love it. And I literally walked out of the church where we were being graduated from after seminary. Like, why did I do this? Like, I'm not gonna be a minister for $30,000 a year somewhere. Why did I do this? And it hit me, you need to write a book about meaning and where people find meaning in their lives. So, and then the fifth one, why? Because my publisher asked me to. So anyway, I have- had a different why for each one and usual and i would say to go back to him again was because there was something burning that i felt more people needed to know than i could reach in my one on one coaching now granted the first one did blow up my life in in goodness like with oprah and you know i went to i could charge a premium for coaching i became a paid speaker instead of a free speaker so there's definitely a why for people of it's a marketing tool. Don't expect to make money on a book. Expect the book to make you money in other places. And it's, and it's still a credibility builder in today's world. Um, you'll see so many people like that have huge social media followings. They don't even bother to put out a book. What do you need a book for? You, you don't need it. You know, Um So I I just encourage people not to look at it as a moneymaker, as much as a stepping stone to making more money. Um, But my wise were always like, just like, even when the first one was asked of me, I was not the best known coach. I had learned from Thomas Leonard and he turned down book deals. So when they asked me, I was like, I'm not crazy enough to turn it down. So I'll do it, but I had to do it in the name of everybody else because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like, why me? I didn't invent it. I didn't put it on the map. And I did it the whole time I wrote that first book. It was how is this going to help all coaches to validate what we do? How is it going to help all coaches, you know, uh, forward the profession? So I've always needed. Something bigger than me to motivate me because I am not a natural writer. I learned over the years by doing it. Well, that was a long answer. I hope that was helpful.
0: It was great. I want to get Alex in here too, but I I'm very eager to follow up and find out your process of writing a book because you can, both of you can do it quickly, right? If I sat down, I would you know bellyache over the first you know three words for probably nine months.
2: Well, you don't start with the first words. Let me tell you that. You don't use, you know. Well, look, my first book took nine months and I had a baby. Second book took nine months and I had two babies. Um, Husband had a vasectomy because he was terrified if I wrote another book, we'd have three babies. (laughs) So, third book took six months. Second book took three to six months. Last book took three months. So, you get better as you go. But for me, and Alex, I'll let you um, talk too. For me, the hardest part is what's the story you want to tell so it's not like here's everything i know about coaching it's what what is it what trajectory do i want to put you through what do i want to have happen from a to b what do i want you to know and that's the so to me that's the story like if i was writing a play and then how am i going to tell that story what are the amount of chapters and what are they each going to be about and then i take that whole list of all my knowledge and see how it fits into those buckets so therefore, when you go to write, you're really not starting with the first words of like, huh, ah, today we're starting a book. You're more like you can work on any chapter out of order because you've thought it through in terms of the flow of the entire piece. That's my process. Alex? We're,
1: we're, this is the first thing we've talked about all day that we're different. This, <laughs> um, you wrote it from the first word. <laughs> so, So I... For me, it's all about passion and pleasure. Like I love, <laughs> I love, I love words. Like I I there's something about words that just can really connect with me. I sometimes can't fall asleep and grab my phone and start typing poetry into a, a memo because that's what's flowing out of me. Um typically when that happens, it means I need to be working on a book because there's like just I say there's like words pouring out of my palms and But I allow it to come from like a very, like my book fictional authenticity, I was lying on a yoga mat about 45 minutes into a hot yoga class dying, trying to debate if I should get up and finish the class. And those words hit me fictional authenticity. And I went, Oh, my God, that's the book I'm gonna write. And I knew what it was generally about. But I'm actually the opposite. I just sit down and let the words spill out. And then I go back and clean up and organize. And usually I enlist someone else because that's not my gift. Um, but I can kind of do that with anything. Like if you said to me, hey, I need you to write a speech or five chapters today and tr- send it to me by the end of the day, I could do that. Um, and it would like the challenge of it is what gets me excited. Like, oh, can I write 5,000 words today? Um, Bless you. What what the, the, the opposite side of this is I get so excited about lots of ideas. I don't, I'm not, I don't turn them out as fast because I have like four or five different things I want to work on. And so it is, I'm not churning out a book every three or nine months because I'm distracted. I let myself write three or four or five different things. I don't spend the time on the one thing day in and day out to get it done. Um, So I don't know if it's, it's, it's it's not as effective of a process as yours in terms of like churning out material. Um, I also think I haven't figured out why I'm doing it aside from me. My first book was like, uh, to, to the same point that you made, I wanted to write a book for me to show myself as a kid who could barely read, who had tons of learning disabilities like that impacted writing and reading growing up, that like, you know, teachers told my parents, like your kid's not gonna be able to go to college because of his writing and reading skills. And it was kind of like an F you to like all of that, that I can do whatever I want. And and so that was really for me. And I didn't really care, like if people read it or not. And now it's like, well, why do I want to publish the second, the third, or the fourth, the fifth? What is it? Because it's it's not to like bust some barrier down anymore. And I don't know what that reason is. Um, So, Christopher, I don't know if I if I gave you the answer that you.
2: Yeah, that was cool. I mean, I, I, I admire that you can just sit down and write. I find writing incredibly painful. So Christopher, um, you know, if that's you, but I, I there's a Dorothy Parker quote, and this is before my time. Dorothy Parker was a famous writer. And I, you know, before my time and I use an accent when I quote her because, just because I don't know. So she said, I don't like write. I like having written. And she was a famous writer. Okay, so and even Liz Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray Love* and everything else, she will admit it's painful to sit your butt in the chair and get it done, but um, but you love having written, or you love the pro- the process in a way, or you love pain and you're masochist. I don't know, but um, I always have to have a bigger why besides the deadline of you need this by December 31st or you're losing your contract. Um, and since publishers pay less and less to, for you to write, it really has to be. Something you want to do. And also, Christopher, if it helps or anybody listening, like my first book, I had no children. I I I told my husband to get a hobby. He went off and played golf. I wrote 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Doesn't mean I got anything done. In the end, I was getting up at, you know, after many books and many children, I would get up at four in the morning and write from four to seven and not have any time to look at it again till the next day. So it's it just depends on your process. I did hire a book coach for the last book and she was like 500 words a day, which is nothing. So she knew it was like a motivator to say, I can do 500. Sure. And then I would do 1500 or 2000 because, so you got to find your way, you know, is it the word count? Is it the outline? Not an outline. Is the pouring out? Is it, you know, but good for you, Alex, that writing is, uh. Such a flow for you.
1: I think there's a trick too that I want to share with the listeners, which something I've recently developed is a lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media, right? On their Facebook, on their LinkedIn, on their Instagram. And what I've noticed, one of the things I did was like, hey, this was this is kind of a waste of my time. It's not producing anything. But then I said, what if I could make this thing that grabs my attention actually worthwhile? So what if I started actually writing out thoughtful ideas? onto these platforms. And then those ideas put together equaled the next book I'm going to write. And so my writing process for part of 2020 was I came up with this idea and I'd write out these long, thoughtful posts on Instagram with like one image. And I was aware the whole time, each one of these posts were going to be a chapter. And now I'm actually pulled it all off. It's still there, but like I've pulled it all off. And now I've taken the content and I'm adding to it, right? It's not just what's there, but each one is a chapter and the book, just getting it out of the social media is like 50% done. Yeah, Um,
2: that's a great way.
1: Which Many people
2: who wrote blogs ended up with books that way. They just took their blog posts and came up with a book. So it's great. And Christopher, it's long overdue for your book. So um, I gave that feedback recently that hopefully we'll be getting back to you. You can always have someone else write it.
0: Okay. Well, it seems like I'm. I've got two options right here. Um, Let's uh, let's go a different direction. Are you a reader?
2: Am I a reader? N
0: O. Now they say that seems amazing to me because you're you're in the world of books and yet not it's not your thing you're not a, a reader how do you take what's your what's your favorite way of getting information like are you an online person are you a tv person are you like I'm going to wait and if people start I've, talking about it
2: I am very visual so um seeing things or shows or media will get in faster i read but i say no because like alex i had to um i had i didn't have a high enough iq to get into honors English in high school. And I fought my way in and I was the bottom of my class in honors English, right? Because I hated to read. And most writers, they tell you, oh, they love to read, right? People who are good writers read a lot. Right,
0: right, right, yeah.
2: And um, I've never been diagnosed with a learning disorder per se with reading, but I, I it's not my love. I take in visually, like I will absorb so much from something I see visually, whether it be a film or a documentary about something, but I read, you know, I mean, I have loads of books, mostly self-help. I'm not a big fiction reader. Every now and then one fiction will leak through and I'll read it and I will devour it. So it's not, there, I'm not anti-reading, I'm just not a reader.
0: Is there a book that you've uh, recommended or would like to recommend to people? that you've read either recently or or like classically? Like, is there some book that this is the one I recommend for people?
2: Um, this is an old book, but it depends. What category are we talking? or are we talking fiction? What are we talking? It's, it's an
0: open question. There's no wrong answers.
2: All right, there is a book that changed my life and it it was it is still out there and it's called A Return to Love by Marianne
0: Woods. Oh, I love that book. I'm with you.
2: And she was one of Oprah's first guests that became a big star because she recommended her book. But a return to love is like, is my Bible. Um, I don't even know where my current, my copy is at the moment, but a return to love was life-changing. And I think you can read it at any phase in your life and really just discover how limited our thinking is, how there's so much more room for love and forgiveness in the world how timely can that be right now and how hard that is politically speaking um but that's a standout
0: it's just yeah thank you so much for i'm so glad i asked and i'm so glad you answered with that one because mine is like dog-eared and tattered colored
2: <laughs> with undue- highlighting
0: notes in it yeah
1: Alex, same question if you want to play is there a book in return read? to love i read it almost every year um, so Brilliant. I can't, yeah, a return to love conversations with God is my favorite is my return to love. Like I read, I've read conversations with God about eight times in the last six years. And I had to buy a new copy cause there was too much writing in it. Um, return to love is definitely like up there in the top of that list. Um, and right now I'm actually, I gotta say, I'm like having my mind blown by Deepak Chopra's, uh, metahuman, um, which is like, Deepak on steroids. It's a whole different version of him. It almost occurs like he's re- he is writing to a different audience, a more evolved, more aware audience, not just the like average person. I have to read pages multiple times to go, what did he just say? Because of the depth that he's writing at. Um, but I'm like, I was the same. I didn't read, I did not read a book basically until, f- I don't know, three, four years ago. I, did, I mean, I read nothing and now and I've read probably 200 books in since then, but it was too hard for me. It was too slow. I thought it was boring. I didn't remember what I would read. So I got through high school, college, all those things by just paying attention to what other people would say in class and then invent my own ideas from their thoughts. Um,
2: How do you find reading now? Is it difficult for you?
1: It's gotten so I, it was probably about actually about five years ago, I was like, I need to turn off the TV and turn off sports and start doing something that actually helps me evolve as a human. And so I forced myself to start, I was living in New York at the time, and I forced myself to start reading before bed for at least 30 minutes, and then on the subway right? You're on the subway anyway, instead of playing a game on my phone. So at first it was really slow and I got lucky. I found a couple of books. I, I started with like personal development stuff. I realized, stop trying to force myself to read fiction. I don't like it. I think it's boring. I, I just don't visualize the pictures they're painting. I can use mm. TV. I can use TV for that. Um, And then I started just letting the books send me to other books. So an author talks about an author, a book, talk, whatever. And I would bounce around And I also heard something that said, hey, if you're reading a book, and in the first 50 pages, you don't love it, stop reading, you're literally wasting your time, pick up another book, you don't win a prize for finishing the book that you hate, Um, which hasn't happened too much. But now I would say that first year, I forced myself. And by the end of the first year, to your point of 100 clients, you'll be you'll know what you're doing coaching. That first year, I read 35 books from nothing. And reading 35 books in a year shifted my whole relationship to reading, where now I read about three or four books at one time. I retain, like, everything I'm reading. Wow. And I actually love it. I could sit at home and read on the weekends and not do anything, which sometimes people are shocked to hear.
2: Um, Neuroplasticity. You, mm-hmm. you retrained your brain to do to, to, to yep. the practice of reading.
1: Yeah. I I read this week. I read this weekend actually that Elon Musk reads for sometimes up to 10 hours a day. And he's, and when he was starting out, he would read, uh, two books on a weekend. Wow. Um, and I've, I've heard, I've read things like that about Bill Gates too. Like he goes and he sits and he just like churns through 10 books over the course of a week or something. Wow. Uh, So I'm figuring if I read enough books, I'll be a billionaire at some point. It has to That's well, pretty sure, pretty sure it <laughs> I is.
2: love them and I like to touch them. I don't like reading online.
1: <laughs> All right. So uh
0: Laura, people people are still benefiting from this 90 days to a new life direction. You've got this online thing. How do we get how do we get uh hold of more information? How do we find out about it? How do we register for this?
2: Go to nowwhatcoaching.com. whether you're a job seeker or a coach looking for how do I do my now what coaching, because it is not like anything else. We don't ever look at people's resumes. We do a life story process that blows the gates open as to people's future. And in the show notes, there's a quick career clarity guide to download if you guys want a freebie. And um, now what coaching.com, check me out.
0: Very good. Let's go back. So there's a five-step quick guide to clarity. What do we use that for? Like, um, should I use it on what I, what I order for dinner or how do I?
2: <laughs> no, it doesn't get you clear on what you want for dinner. But uh, for, for our coach audience, if you're having any doubts even about your niche or your unique way of coaching, this could actually help you unearth that. So and then if you know someone who's a career seeker in your life who's looking for a change, you would download it for them.
0: Great. And so the 40 million people or so just in the U.S. alone that have suddenly found themselves out of work or underemployed or not employed need to go immediately to nowwhatcoaching.com and find out about this. The uh how do we get the five-step guide, this free thing that's going to help us get some clarity and make choices? Uh, do you wanna do you want us to send that out to people or do you want people to go to someplace for you?
2: Um, send that out to people in your show notes, but it's tinyurl.com mm-hmm. forward slash LBF dash okay. five on. step guide and it's the number five like not spelled out right the mathematical one.
0: and if people want to see all the brilliance that you are and everything that you've done where do we go
2: laurabermanfortgang.com but if you go to nowwhatcoaching.com you can get there from there so Great. let's remember one today nowwhatcoaching.com my name is Laura Berman Fortgang. christopher you're the best alex nice to meet you and uh you know you can call me to talk anytime
0: It's, it's been fast paced, delightful, and so many topics. Um, I want to, I want to give you the last couple of minutes of our time together. I want to give you the opportunity for a parting thought or a parting shot. If you were going to say something, contribute something or challenge a few thousand coaches today, what would you leave us with?
2: I would leave you with lock out the noise in our field, lock out the noise, you know, don't let, don't do comparison on social media you are not your following. I am not my following and uh, drill down and find your confidence in what you do by being extraordinary at it.
0: So beautiful. Thank you so much. Any, any, uh, uh more information anything else that you want you can go find Laura BermanFortgang.com. all of her books of course including now what 90 days to a new life direction are available on the amazon it's very popular i understand and go to now coaching.com as well as uh reach out to us you can always write an email to producer at thecoachingshow.com and get that or look in the show notes or go to tinyurl.com forward slash lbf uh, hyphen Five numeral step guide to get the five step quick guide to clarity, absolutely free. Thank you so much for being with us. Mr. Alex Terranova is available at thedreammason.com. Also, you can find fictional authenticity or the forthcoming redefining masculinity. Anything else that you would like the people to know, sir?
1: Or nine camp, which we're gonna have to get in a fight about later. But yeah, we we people. If you want to, if you want to come to a uh, digital. Escape to paradise, re- an online retreat, um, Core Nine Camp, uh, which is coming up at the end of March, it would be really fun to have you.
0: Think of it as an yeah. oasis, a retreat, a, a summit, o-
1: or an opportunity
0: to move your life forward. See, there's yeah. another
2: thing, Alex and I haven't common. Neither one of us went to camp. So people no. who you know <laughs> either loved camp and want to repeat that experience, or didn't go and had FOMO, camp still works.
1: Yeah, not and an I, don't want to, I don't want an encampment. It's a camp. This- you can do this at home. I don't have like I don't want to be in a tent. I don't want to be without a bathroom or a shower. You get all the comforts of your home, but all with the no and, bugs. Yep, with all the things that you might love about activities of camp. I think people need activities right now. There's there's not enough space right now in America for activities, and we need more activities. Indeed.
0: And if you'd like to talk about your activities, you can always reach out to us at producer at thecoachingshow.com or uh, producer at accomplishmentmedia.com. Alex, of course, is available at the Dream Mason. I'm Christopher McAuliffe. You can find me here or at McAuliffe.com. And I thank you, dear listener, for being with us. Another extraordinary edition of The Coaching Show. This week, as every week, bringing you somebody that you need to know about, people out on the cutting edge, people that are pioneers in the field or just plain interesting. I thank you for your attention and your time in listening, and we will talk to you next week.
2: That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you
0: next week.